Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. Hope you all are doing well. Um, Hope you guys are sleeping well and staying connected. Uh, Interesting. This is, I guess, the fifth week we've been doing this, and it just doesn't feel any less strange than it did the first time we did it. Uh, A few things to remind you all of. you can continue to support Genesis uh, with your tithes offerings online uh, at thegenesisstory.com uh, through the bank, the Zella app, or you can mail the checks into the address 1043 West Foothill Boulevard. Uh, we are still connecting throughout the week. We do have meetings happening on Tuesdays uh, at 2 o'clock, Tuesday evening prayer at 7 o'clock. I think Brian will be doing a writing workshop this Thursday. And then Friday evening with Dr. Quinlan and I at 7 o'clock. And then Ben also is having a meeting on Saturday mornings for everyone. It's not just the men. I keep forgetting to put that up on the social media. It is on our website, uh, so you can join in with that. But I hope you guys are staying connected in all these ways that we have available Hopefully, uh, from the things I'm hearing, uh, things should be changing soon and opening back up, um, but never know. Um, there's so much uh, different talk taking place, so we don't really know how soon things will change. But it is my hope that we will be able to, again, start meeting here sometime soon. Uh, you know, we're always reevaluating just how we're doing things. I, you know, I'm wanting to know how do I pastor at a time effectively like this? You know, how do I communicate in a way that is good? Um, and so what I, I want to do is try and help us connect to God. I mean, there's some things that I think I do better than others. Uh, one of the things that I feel that I've been better at is helping people kind of to navigate in their relationship with God, ask questions, and try and engage in a way that is uh, genuine. Uh, and I hope we can still do that. And so what I'm going to start doing, at least this week, uh, I'm going to do this Monday through Friday, I'm going to have a time of meditative prayer at 9 a.m. I will put the Zoom link on social media. 
Um, if you know someone who is not on social media who wants to be a part of that, you can copy the link and maybe send that uh, to them. Text, we have to connect through social media. That's kind of just how things are right now. But from 9 a.m. to just, it's only going to be about 10, 15 minutes. I just want to have a time of meditative prayer. And what I want to do this first week, and we'll see how it goes, is we're going to just have a time of focusing in on the Lord's Prayer. And so Monday, we'll be looking at our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. And that'll be the focus of our prayer. Uh, Tuesday will be thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is heaven, and so on throughout the week. And that's going to be really just taking time to pause and to listen. I heard uh, or I read in a book, uh, a person was talking to someone and whenever people say to him, oh, you know, he'll ask, how, how do you pray? And they'll say, well, I just, you know, kind of pour out my heart to the Lord. And he answered, well, what, how does the Lord respond to that? And people are often like, what? Respond? I, I didn't know God was going to respond. I'm just praying. But prayer should be conversation that is mutual. And so we want to give time for the Lord to respond to us as we wait on him. And so I hope you guys will join me in that time of meditative prayer Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. I will put the link on, again, all our social media as far as Instagram and Facebook. And that'll be your way to kind of connect in with that. Um, You know, this is, again, forcing us to think about things in different ways. I, I think one of the things I've always wanted to do is try and understand God and get past some of the simplistic ways that we think of God, some of the, especially the, the dualistic ways where, you know, it's very black and white when there are so many spectrums to how God conveys himself to us. And oftentimes we see the complexity in the paradox, in the teachings of Jesus or even in Scripture, where Jesus would say things like, if anyone wants to find his life, he must lose it, or the first shall be last, or strength is made perfect in your weakness. All these paradoxes are giving us kind of the breadth of how God works and communicates. And it got me thinking, how does that show up right now? How do we live an abundant life in a life that's quarantined, right? How can we have this connection with God in circumstances where we aren't able to connect in the ways that we normally did? And how can God meet us in powerful ways here? And that's one of the reasons I want to do the prayer uh, time Monday through Friday, because I, I believe God is still speaking and working and doing powerful things But how does that show up in our lives today? How are we supposed to connect with God in ways where people are so on edge, right? And so uh, concerned and paranoid. And I don't know about you, but it's still difficult to sleep and still having restless times and still 
snacking too much because I'm at home and trying to figure out what to do. But there's a passage in Scripture I want to go through with you. It's in 2 Kings chapter 7. In 2 Kings chapter 7, it's an interesting story. To set the, the backdrop, the Syrian army is taken captive and they're held up. Israel is held up behind their walls and they're take, laying siege to them and they are starving them to death. The circumstances inside the city are, are so dire that people are, you know, past eating rats and they're selling, you know, bird dung for food. And it's horrific, the things that are taking place in the city. And then we get this story that is taking place just outside of the city. And so in Second Kings chapter 7, starting at verse 3, now there were four men who were lepers at the entrance to the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses, the sound of a great army. So that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come against us. So they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent and ate and drank and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried off things from it and went and hid them. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they came and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, we came to the camp of the Syrians and behold, there was no one to be seen or heard there. Nothing but the horses tied and the donkeys tied and the tents as they were. Then the gatekeepers called out and it was told within the king's household. What a change of events. And I wonder, what does victory look like to us? What does winning look like? You know, in sports, it's real clear. There, there is a, a victor and a loser, at least in most sports. But, but what does victory in life look like to us? This, again, is one of these paradoxal stories that we read. As it begins, there are four lepers, which isn't a good start. The reason that they were outside of the city is because 
they were infected. They were quarantined from the people in the city. They were the ones with the virus. They were the ones who people saw as being contaminated. And so the reason they were outside is because they could not be inside. Now, originally they were. Originally they had lives. Originally they were people who were a part of the community. They had families. They had friends. They had jobs. They had all these things. But now they had none of those things. Any of this feeling familiar? They were cast out, abandoned, discarded. And it's funny because these are the very ones who have to decide the fate, not only first for themselves, but also for the city. The ones who were the least have become the ones that hold the future of this city in their hands. And there aren't a lot of choices to them. They they find themselves in a circumstance where they're saying, you know, if we stay out here, we're gonna die. But if we go into the city, there's famine in the city. And if we go there, we're going to die. You know what? Our only choice really is to go to the Syrian camp to surrender to them and maybe we'll live. And if they choose to kill us, well, we're going to die anyway. So this seems like the only choice we have, right? And what's interesting here is they have to make a decision first to pursue life for themselves. They have to decide. They want to move forward. They want to live. Can you imagine how bad things were, not only for the city that was in famine, but for these who were outside the city, cast out, that had even less, where now their desperation forces them to take a risk. And what we see here is the courage of desperation. They are so desperate that they're willing to do what would be unimaginable, surrender to the enemy just so that they could live. And sometimes it takes something like a pandemic for you to lose your job, for you to lose the things that were there, to awaken you to the reality that you really did hate your job and don't want to go back. Sometimes it forces or it takes a situation that forces us to a place where we have to then have courage in the desperation that we're in. Sometimes as scary as it is to make that change, it's exactly what we need to do to give us life again. When I started Genesis, I I wish it could say that it was just courage to go out and start a new work, but it was desperation as much as anything else. And sometimes that's what it takes, is desperation to force us into a situation that we can then move forward in our lives. And I wonder if maybe this time of pandemic isn't a time that is desperate, but is also forcing our hand to make decisions that we wouldn't have made any other way. And maybe now is the time when important life-changing decisions will be made that can be 
altering in how our future will play out. And maybe that's really what happens. Maybe right now is that time for you. You don't have anything to lose. And so you have everything to gain. You are in a place where, well, what choices do I have? Well, maybe the choices that you make now can be choices for your future. If you do nothing, the chance, the dream, that future will come and go. And so here is an opportunity for us that can show up in a number of ways. I mean, if you've been laid off of your job, what future do you want? What job, what career would you want? It's scary, it's risky, but it's also opportunity. These four lepers were forced to a situation to be courageous and do something that they would not have done if they had another choice but they didn't. When choices are taken away, we are forced to make different ones. And I wonder what choice we're going to make. When they take the risk, when they move past their fear, they find that the Syrian army has already fled in fear. It says in verse 7, that they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was and fled for their lives. And again, here's the paradox, right? The weakest in the story push past their fear and find victory, while the strongest in the story, which was the Syrian army, gives into their fear and is defeated, are defeated, Right? Here are people who are weak, push past their fear, and they find something. And those who are strong, who give in to their fear, lose everything. I wonder if we need to push past the fears that are there for us to find a victory in life, to find an abundance of life that we need and that God wants to give to us. But to get there... We have to get past the fear. And we've talked about fear so many times because it's one of those things that paralyzes us. We, We know that fear determines what we will do. It governs our our boundaries and our borders. If we are afraid of heights, we stay off of ladders. If we're afraid of crowds, we stay confined, which is where you're at right now, right? You might be loving this, but fear makes our world smaller. And sometimes to find the life that we need, we need to push past the fears that we have. Some people are so afraid of the virus that they won't leave their house to do what's necessary. I'd read that there was a teenage girl who died from an ear infection because she was afraid of the virus to go to the hospital. Middle-aged people in their 30s and 40s are suffering heart attacks because they're afraid of the virus and afraid to go in and get checked out. And it's so strange that fearing something is what's causing the trauma that some people are going through. Now, What's the balance here, right? I I don't want to throw caution to the wind, but I will not live a life paralyzed 
by fear that limits life in general, where does faith in God come into all of this, right? What does love for others, how does that show up and help us push through and past the fear of losing our life? Isn't that what we're asking you know, caretakers, first responders, people who work in grocery stores to do. We're asking them to put their life at risk so that they can bring life to the rest of us. Well, what are we people of faith supposed to be doing? Aren't we supposed to be doing that very thing in some way and somehow pushing past the the concern for self-preservation and have concern and care for others and see them as more important than ourselves? We know there's a virus out there, but we need to do the job that the church has been called to do. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, John writes, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. I'm not going to ask anyone to risk their lives. But I don't want to lie and say there is no risk to living a life of faith because there is, there's always risk. I want us to be aware that there is another risk though. There is the risk of choosing self-preservation over care and love and concern for others. It was only when these four desperate men pushed past their fear, were willing to surrender their lives to the risk of more, that they found abundance. I wonder if we aren't in that same situation. If we aren't in a place where we need to push past fear to find abundance, to find a life of abundance because we can't live in fear. I'm afraid to go outside. I'm I'm afraid of what will happen and live a life of abundance. We can push past fear to life of care and concern and do it in ways that are safe or at least ways that are helpful. You know, someone brought us dinner Last night, they they risked their life by leaving food on, on the porch. Um, and, and I don't think it was that drastic, but there is the ability to still do good. But if I'm afraid to even go outside or if I'm afraid to make contact or if I'm afraid, not just physically, if I'm afraid to reach out, if I'm afraid to address some of these things, Right? Maybe it's your job and you need to leave your job that you hate to find a life that you love. Maybe it's your marriage that you need to push past the fear of doing nothing 
and surrender to getting some counseling so that you can have a relationship that grows instead of one that is stagnant. Maybe it's your service to God. You need to take a, a, a step to do what he has put in your heart so that you can live the life he has for you. You see, there's always going to be the risk of a stepping out and doing something that is uncomfortable so that you could have something that is beneficial. And if we're unwilling to take those steps, we will not live in the abundance that God wants for us. The abundance isn't having monetary plenty. The abundance is having purpose. And I wonder if that isn't what the reflection is. What is your purpose? What is my purpose? Is my life about survival? Is my life about longevity? Is my life just about existing as long and as safely as I can? Or is my life connected to the purpose and life of God, to reaching others, bringing hope to others, showing care and love and concern to others? Then I start to find that I have meaning and purpose, and find abundance. But you see, we, we get stuck, don't we? We're, we're afraid to make changes. We're, we're afraid to make the change in the job. We're, we're afraid to bring up the hard conversation in the relationship. We're afraid to reach out, step out, because what will happen? It's risky. It's going to ruffle feathers. It's going to make waves. It's going to stir things up. But maybe everything that is happening right now is the opportunity for things to be stirred up in our lives so that we can move to a life that is better, not one that is less. Maybe by having all these things taken away, we start to see what are the things that are more? What are the things that are important? What are the things that we really want? that need to be developed. We see a change takes place, right? Their first reaction, I imagine, is, is like ours. It's going to be like when the quarantine is lifted, we are gonna go out to our favorite restaurant. We are gonna go hang out with our friends. We're gonna meet Sunday mornings at church and we're gonna celebrate and we're going to hug each other and we're going to you know connect with each other the way we've wanted they go to the camp they find it empty they go into a tent and they just feast they eat and then they take gold and they silver and they hide it because they want to have something it's kind of funny it's like what do you do and you know what is good as silver and gold to them if everyone's dying Right? They come to this place where they've done without for so long, there's a moment to enjoy what's available. And there's nothing wrong with them enjoying this. There's nothing wrong with them taking advantage of that situation in a way that is going to be healthy for themselves. Paul says in Philippians 4 that he has learned in any situation to be content. He knows how to be brought low and he knows how to abound in every circumstances. He learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. He can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. It's so interesting that verse, right? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's really about learning contentment because God is with us, not about winning basketball games. It's not about getting something and I can push through and I can do this. No, it's learning to be content because he is with you and he'll strengthen you wherever you are. 
And, and I wonder if maybe this is the awakening that's happening where they're recognizing now, okay, we have what we need. Because then the mentality shifts, right? They move from, I have enough to, I've been given more than I need. What now do I do with it? Right? They move from mentality that they had been given enough to they've been entrusted with more. I read that the unemployment rate is projected to be 16% this month. Normally it hovers between 2 and 3%, and here it is 16%. Are we going to see ourselves, those who are working, those who are still employed as being blessed or are we going to see ourselves as being entrusted? They went into a camp, they had enough for themselves, but they had enough for the city as well. See, they weren't blessed, they were entrusted. And every time we have enough, we are not just blessed. We are being entrusted with what we have to help those who do not have enough. And this is the opportunity for those who do have the means to bless others. You see, our self-preservation is going to go and hoard and, and take what we have and make sure we stay safe. But the heart and the generosity of Christ is going to see that we have enough to help those who are in need because the need around us is going to start showing up. Are we going to look to others or the government to meet all the needs or are we going to see ourselves as having the opportunity to step in and give of ourselves? And I wonder, if I were given an entire camp of wealth, would it just be better for me or would it be better for everyone around me? They said to themselves, what we're doing isn't right. All right, in verse 9, this day is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait until morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they came and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, we, camped to the camp of the Syri- we came to the camp of the Syrians and behold, there was no one to be seen or heard, nothing but the horses tied and the donkeys tied and the tents are there. They had to go and tell everyone because what we have is good news, not just for us, but for you. You see, there's a famine in our country. There's a famine in our world of care and generosity. There is a famine where we have more than we need, but we need to take care of those who don't have enough. And it's not an easy fix, and it's not an easy situation. There are so many things in place that make it difficult to bring care to those who need it. 
You know, one of the 15-year-old uh, students that we had for a reason sponsor, a 15-year-old girl named Amaniah, died, and they believe it's because of the virus. But they'll never know because they don't have the means to test or find out, let alone to care for themselves. Right? There are people who are unable to get the care that they need, not just in Haiti. But then there are other people who are hoarding toilet paper. And we see opportunity in this contrast to be the kind of people who are generous, considerate of others, wanting to help them, wanting to take people food, wanting to make sure that those kids in these situations get what they need. The difficulty is finding out how to navigate these waters to get the care to them that they need. But are we going to do that or are we going to trust someone else to do that? Do we see that what we've been given is not just blessing, but opportunity? And you don't need a lot of wealth to be generous. We give what we have. If it's monetary, great. If you're in a position where you have financial means to help those in need, great. Do it. It, it, It's an opportunity. You've been entrusted with those things. If it's kindness, do it. Right? If we've been given grace, then we want to give grace. We, we can care enough to listen. We can care enough to reach out. We can care enough to extend ourselves to people. In fact, if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling like you've been isolated and you're feeling lonely, then what you have is the opportunity to reach out to someone else who is also feeling alone, who's feeling lonely. Reach out to someone who can't reciprocate, someone who can't give you anything back. Just check up on someone and say, hey, I just wanted to to send you a note saying, I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you, I care about you. If there's anything I can do, I want to do it for you. Extend yourself to someone else so that they are blessed. And, And I'm so blessed to see and know that so many of you are doing this. I know that a lot of you are reaching out, having you know calls with other people just on your own, extending yourself, but this is what is in our means to do. And so we need to do it. Otherwise, we will be paralyzed. And I, I challenge us, if we're feeling forgotten, then give of yourselves to someone else who might be feeling the same way. Extend yourself in that way. Don't think for a moment that you do not have what the world needs. Four lepers were used to save a city. Jesus said to us, his followers, you are the light of the world. You have what the world needs. You have been entrusted First off, with the heart, 
that cares for others, even as God cares for you. You have been entrusted with love and grace, and now it is your opportunity, your possibility, your privilege to give from that abundant well to the world around you in some way, in some how. We have to do it. It is our lifeline to God to do it now in whatever way we can. Because when this all ends and when it subsides, there is going to be a lot of damage control. There are going to be a lot of people in need. And maybe you can't meet the need of that person who can't make rent, but maybe five of us can. Maybe you can't do all that is necessary to help these people, but all of us can. And we have the ability and the privilege and the opportunity to be the extension of God's goodness right here, right now. And so I am hoping this ends very soon. I am confident it is going to end, and I am praying it happens sooner rather than later, but I want to be excited about the abundance that is here now. I don't want to live in isolation, confined and restricted. Oh man, there's nothing I can do. I'm stuck at home. There is a lot we can do. We need to see ourselves, even though we might be four lepers who are starving, we're going to push past the fear and get through to what is better. The fear of reaching out, the fear of isolation, the fear of hard conversation, the fear that plagues us and stops us from connecting not only to God, but to others. Let's not be paralyzed, especially at a time like this. Let us be the ones who are the light of the world, who share the hope to those in our family, to those in our neighborhoods, to those at places we work, if we're still working, to those in our community of faith, extending ourselves. If you know someone who's out of work or hurting, extend yourself, see what's happening, what you can do to help. And let's be the light of the world. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would give us boldness to push past our fears. Give us wisdom to see the needs that are around us. Lord, people are still hurting, and in some places and in some countries even more than ever. Lord, for those of us who have been blessed are able to provide for ourselves and have a little more. Lord, help us to not just get things for ourselves. Help us not to fill our tent and hoard things, but help us to see what we can do that could maybe help those around us. Lord, show us what abundance looks like. 
in times of scarcity. Show us what abundance looks like in a time of need. We pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. May you recognize that you are rich. May you see the abundance that is available to you even in this time of scarcity. And may you recognize that you and I have been entrusted with the grace and goodness of God. God bless you. Have a tremendous week. Hope to see you in person all soon. God bless you guys. Love you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.